You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. David Sampson joins us now. Former president of the Marlins, now uh, moving up, moving up in our industry uh, when it comes to uh, broadcasting. David, congratulations are in order. Why don't you let the folks know um, where they can find you in the next few months? Well, somehow I found a way to join Dan Levitard, and they stopped taking advantage of me, and finally they're paying me. But nothing personal is my show. Five days a week, live at 8 a.m., part of the Metal Arc umbrella now. I'm still going to get to do MLB analyst work for CBS. I'm still going to get to do shows with you, Anita. So I'm getting the best of both worlds because I completely took advantage of Dan in the negotiations. So I'm happy to be a part of Metal Arc, but also able to do everything else I love doing, which is including on a Sunday morning randomly talking to you, which makes me happy. Well, um, you know, listen, they made a fortune and God bless them. Uh, so folks who don't know, David and I go way back. Stu Gotts and I, back in the early 90s, used to host a morning show together. Um, at that point in time, I was known as the ultimate sports chick and it was a playoff of the ultimate sports of what, right? The ultimate sports bag? No, the something sports babe, right? She was in Tampa. Anyway, um, so Stu Gotts and I used to do morning drive together and then Stu Gotts left me for Dan Lebetard. Um, and made a fortune. Uh, God bless him. Uh, but David used to be on our show all the time because David was the front office uh, of the Florida Mar- or at the time was the Florida Marlins. Now it's the Miami Marlins. So David and I and Stu Gotts, we all go way, 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 way back. And so it's nice to see everything come full circle, my friend. I'm, I'm very, very happy for you. And you've been crushing it. So now an even bigger and better platform. Uh, no denying uh, Stu Gotts and, uh, and Dan are really lucky to have you. Thank you. Thank you. So are you excited? This is opening week of Major League Baseball. Like, I know that you may not be totally excited, but you I'm should not. be. Because you're I'm not. Why year. aren't I? Tell me. Get me excited, David. Get me excited. Why? Tell me. Why. Like, listen, I'm going to be here Thursday. I work Thursday. I work from home. I prep in front of my TV. I watch copious amounts of sports. I will be watching. But, like... <laughs> Am I, am I excited? I, I'm not. Get me excited. Why should I be excited? Because the, the Yankees and the Mets, who are two teams that interest you, right, given your market and given what you do, they are not favorites. And that makes me happy. Steve Cohn has spent so much money, which should make you love him because that's all you want is for your owner to spend money. But then secondly, you'd like him to spend it well. But then thirdly, you'd like it to actually translate to wins on the field. But if you look at the National League East, I could argue very persuasively right now that the Phillies have the best lineup, the Mm -hmm. Braves have the best overall team, and the Mets simply have a better team than the Marlins and the Nationals. So I can see the Mets finishing in third place in this division, and that sort of underdog scenario is something that you should think about. And then, of course, the Yankees, holy cow, it's possible Toronto's a better team than they are. Oh, I think they are. Not not, Orioles. Not possibly. I think they are. So think about that as a Yankee fan. They they went out and brought Aaron Judge back, and everyone was so excited. And Mm -hmm. I think I may have gone on your show, or wherever I could stand on a mountaintop and be five foot nine instead of five foot five. I was yelling, when you sign your own free agent, you don't get better, you only spend more money. So the Yankees keeping Aaron Judge didn't make them better. Do we agree with that? Yes. 
I, I was I was okay. not a proponent. I was not a proponent of, of, of signing Judge because I think we're going to see some regression here. I think it's unrealistic to expect him to have the season that he had last year. And I think um, it's um, not savvy uh, to sign him at his age. Granted, healthy last year, but an injury history record noted. Um, I just, I, I, my, my thought was, listen, thank you for everything. See you later. The hardest thing to do when you run a major league baseball team or any sports team is to get rid of players a year too early. Everybody, including me, gets rid of players a year too late. And also we are subject to such recency bias and players Mm -hmm. know it. It's not a coincidence that how many players have great years as they're going to be opting out or as they're going to be free agents. Like, do we all look at that and say, my God, that's just so amazing that they were so good this year. There's reasons for that. They know that if they have a great year when it matters most, that owners are going to overpay. That is something we've all done as a team president. I was guilty of that all the time. So when I look at Aaron Judge's, I actually don't have it in front of me, Anita, what his over-under is for home runs this year as an example. I promise you his over-under is not 61, right, where they're saying if you go over, he's going to tie what he did last year. I will bet you right now that he hits in the 40s, and, and that's sort of where he'll end up. So that's a regression, and he had to carry that offense for so long with that special year, and that's not going to happen again. And then they're pitching. They spent money on Rodon. He's hurt, and he's always been hurt. He had two years recently where he wasn't hurt, and now everyone says, great, give him five years. It's going to be perfect. Now look at the rotation. It's a mess. So if I'm a Yankee fan, I'm excited because I'm not the favorite. We actually have to watch these games and participate in these games, or else we could end up missing the playoffs. So you could have a world in which the Yankees and Mets both miss the playoffs. So over under for Aaron Aaron Judge uh, home runs this season forty five and a half and the over is at even money the under is minus one twenty five. So just think just about what that says. Think yeah. about the regression yep. that that means. It, it, by the way, that's we figure that's where the number would be because that's where it should be. So by definition, you're paying him to do something that he cannot do again, which means you're already behind the eight ball. Yeah. Um, again, um, you know, I, I just, I, I felt, and, and now we're in a situation and, and, and let's, let's start off really doing a deep dive here, David, into the Yankees and news came out yesterday. Unfortunately, Severino is going to start the season on the IL, um, a right latch strain last year. Here you giggling. Uh, last year he sat out two months because of this, as we know, other injuries to that rotation as well. So pretty much how it looks right now, Garrett Cole starting opening day on Thursday, Clark Schmidt. Uh, curious to get your thoughts on him uh, day two. Of course, you got Nesty Nestor, you got Herman, um, and then a slew of others. If you didn't spend all this money on on Aaron Judge, right? Um, just think of think of how much more depth you would have had in other places because this is a long season. We see injuries happen time and time again. But nonetheless, your thoughts on the Yankees, and let's start with their rotation. What are your expectations uh, of this rotation this season, David? So when I would sit down with our GM, I would say, you know, I really don't need you to tell me to sign the best available pitcher in free agency. You're not really adding any value. 
find me a free agent who I can sign for two years, 20 million or two years, 15 million, who's going to outperform his contract. Right. Brian Cashman's not a genius for bringing in Carlos Rodon. He was the best available pitcher. He had the most activity behind him, and they clearly overpaid for him. The other mistake that GMs make and team presidents make is we assume that what may have just happened on the injury front or what we witnessed over the period of years, those are not related. There's a lot of luck involved or bad luck involved. It's all going to work out for me. The reason I was laughing, and I don't mean to laugh about a player being injured because that's not funny, but what do you expect with Severino? Is it, are, are you surprised that he's on the IL to start the season, that a lat strain came up? If it weren't a lat strain, it's a, it's a pinky toe or it's some sort of something with his leg or his arm or his shoulder or his back or his knees or his toes. That is what history tells us is going to happen. So when the Yankees are putting together their payroll, which, by the way, don't be upset with Steinbrenner. The payroll is huge. If you are putting together that team, depth is where you should go. Don't sign the superstar player. Don't give the extensions to Hicks and to Severino that you did. That's for teams with lower payrolls to get cost certainty. The Yankees don't need that because if they're wrong, just get rid of the player and bring someone else in. If you sign a player, you feel as though we got to keep giving him a chance. I don't want to look bad for giving him the contract. So executives tend to act in their self-interest. That's why they give first-round picks more chances to fail. That's why they give free agents more chances to fail because they signed them. They don't want to look bad. Mm -hmm. And I think the Yankees are stuck right now because I would get rid of Hicks. I'd get rid of Severino. I would not have signed Rodon, and I would have signed a bunch of pitchers in the $10 to $15 million range that other teams can only afford to do one. I would have done four. Again, uh, David Sampson joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, okay, so with that being said, uh, you touched on it. I agreed. Uh, you know, a lot of people, is this the year that the Yankees get past Houston? My response is, wait a minute. They got to get past the Toronto Blue Jays first. I feel the Toronto Blue Jays are the team to beat in the American League East. What say you? Yeah, I'm not sure they're going to get to Houston this year. So right. it's not a matter of trying to get past Houston. And that's also not how teams look, right? You're focused first on your division. You never sign a player or put together a team for the sole purpose of beating a singular other team. So it's not like Cashman sat around with Booney and said, hey, who do we sign to beat the Astros? That's not how it goes. You say, who do we sign in order to win the most games, win our division, and be deep enough to get through October. And that's been the Yankees' issue. They've been unable to get through October because their team simply hasn't been good enough. If you look at what the Blue Jays have done, and it's interesting. They've made mistakes on the free agent pitching side. They've had some lack of performance. The best hope the Yankees have is if Berrios ends up being terrible and Manoa steps back instead of forward. But I think more realistically, the Blue Jays have a better rotation And I also, again, like their lineup. On the other hand, you know how close I am to Giancarlo Stanton. If he can somehow have an MVP-type year, and in order to do that, I've been yelling for this too, play him in the field every day. He loves playing in the field. He wants to play in the field. It keeps his head in the game more than being a DH. Put him out there and see what he can do on both sides of the ball the way he did for us in my last year in 2017. And then you're not going to be relying on Aaron Judge as much 
and you won't have to worry as much about his regression. So I think Stanton is critical for the success of the Yankees this year. Why do you think it is, David? Why do you think that the Yankees don't play him in the outfield? Uh, because they're petrified of him getting hurt, and they have this weird thought that if he's in the outfield, he's more apt to be hurt, and he's been hurt enough, and it's been upsetting enough to them with the, with the amount of money they took on in that trade with the Marlins after I was gone already, but they want him to be on the field. They want his bat in the lineup. But what I've always said is his bat in the lineup is better when the glove is on his hand. And uh, So we'll see if they do it more. Boone talked about it a little bit, but we have to watch what happens during the regular season. Um, and getting back, I just realized I didn't answer your question. I'm sorry. The Yankees rotation, uh, it's not even a top 10 rotation in baseball. Uh, before we move on to the Mets, uh, your thoughts on shortstop. What do you think Booney should do? Uh, to me, Volpe does not start the season uh, on the roster. There is too much money at stake, even if you're the Yankees. And I understand that the rules were changed, that if a person finishes in the top three in rookie of the year, they get a full year of service time anyway. But just in case they don't, if you hold off on calling him up for another for a month and a half or even until June, you have an opportunity to keep that player for an extra year before free agency, and you save tens of millions of dollars in many cases if the player is a highly performing player through arbitration. He's done everything you could ask to make the team. I agree with that, but you're running the team not just for April and May. You're running it for years to come, and that's the way you have to look at it. And it's not like they don't have options. It's not as though I'm going to be playing in the infield for the Yankees, or you are. So I don't believe that their team is um, is going to be hurt without him. And I believe that bringing him back and having him start to play every day if he's needed uh, later in the season, May or June, I think that'll be a good shot in the arm for the Yankees. Uh, but we'll see what they do. All right, David, let's turn our attention to what's going on with the Mets. And let's start with the, with the World Baseball Classic. Curious to get your thoughts on this. The players love it. They don't want to see it go anywhere. But, boy, do the Mets take a hit, especially with their closer, um, Diaz, getting injured, celebrating, jumping up and down, uh, hurts his knee. Uh, regardless, we saw Altuve. He gets uh, – we, we saw Altuve. He got hit on, on, on the hand. Um, so as, as somebody who has been in the front office – how, how do you feel owners, general managers, we know how players feel. They love it, um, especially because we have so many foreigners who, who play Major League Baseball, and it's our opportunity to represent their country. But how, how, do, how do executives feel about the, uh, the, the WBC? They absolutely hate it. So mm -hmm. let's be clear. They, publicly, yep. they're going to take a different view. But behind closed doors, when we're sitting around, we would prefer it not to exist because we believe that there is a higher likelihood of injury in the WBC than there is in a spring training game. And the reason we believe that is because the level of competition and the level of readiness required by the athlete in March is so different than what's required for a spring training game. The heartbeat is different. The way you're using your muscles, the way you're using your adrenaline, all of that is different. And so we don't love it. That said, for the game, it's critical. I love the fact that it exists. My other hat as president of the team, I was part of the WBC starting. I think it's great for the globalization of the game. I was always okay with the players playing. But on the other hand, when you see one of your players get hurt, you're angry. Because if a player's going to get hurt, you want the player to get hurt playing for you. 
You don't want a player to get hurt by stepping in a hole on his ranch or by falling down the stairs in his house or by lifting luggage and hurting his back or whatever the cockamamie stories that come out are. You want the players to be hurt trying to win you games. And uh, if you're the Mets, it's just unlucky. You know, Edwin Diaz got hurt jumping around. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's so, so staggering to me that that happened. But it's devastating. But injuries happen, and it doesn't mean the Mets are out of it. Uh, it's smart that they didn't make a trade to get another bullpen arm now because with the bullpen, your best bet is to wait for June and July and see who's hot, who's been effective this year, and acquire them and put them into your bullpen for the latter half of the season and for the uh, playoffs. But don't make a trade now, and the Mets were smart to have not done that. The Mets banking so much on Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. Um, Obviously, they're one-two punch in their rotation, but these guys are older. We know that, right? Um, And as you get older, uh, injuries, we know that. How much of a risk do you feel this is that the Mets have put all their eggs into into two gentlemen who are uh, fighting um, grandfather time? Well, they may be fighting it, but they're going to lose like every athlete does, like every one of us does. I would say to focus on the number 50. If you don't get 50 or more starts by those two combined, uh, you're going to have a problem. And we would go into a season knowing that we needed 12 or 13 starting pitchers to get through a season. That's sort of the normal amount. And so you need that type of depth. Now, openers have changed that a little bit but you still need a a huge number of arms who are not even on your team now who are going to pitch for you during the course of a year. But when you put all your eggs into Scherzer and Verlander, what you're really saying is we're hoping they're healthy and effective because one of these years, as they get older, absent doing steroids, which neither of them do, you're going to have a problem. And so the hope is for the Mets it's not this year because I'm not sure they have the reserves uh, while you look at spring training for Peterson McGill, but don't. The executives don't. Fans may, media may. But when we're looking at our team, we don't look at a guy who pitches nine scoreless innings in spring training and say, oh, my God, he's our ace. We don't look at a guy who we have evaluated to be our ace who gives up nine runs in an inning and say, oh, God, he's not our ace. We don't do it that way, Anita. And if you can help it, try not to do that either. Um, David, you rock. Always love having you on. So at the end of the day, you know, we've got a Mets and a Yankees team whose ownership spent a ton of money, but yet are not favored to win their divisions. Uh, Atlanta in the, uh, in the American league. And I think we're in agreement, obviously with Toronto in the, in the, uh, in the American league, uh, Atlanta in the national league. Um, with that being said, you know, at the end of the day, are you confident that both these teams or one of them at least make it to the postseason, even as a wild card? Oh, for sure. I mean, listen, if you're a New York fan, you have to be very happy with who your owners are. They're spending plenty of money. They're trying very hard to get a ring for all of you. And I love that. Now, do I think it's more likely than not that uh, one of the teams misses the playoffs? I do. But then again, I look at expanded wild cards and so many things happen it's really hard to predict. It's why people rarely revisit their predictions unless they got it right and then they post it everywhere. But predictions are really hard to do preseason because all the simulations that happen and everyone who says they're predicted to win 87 games, 
we've played the season 10,000 times, and this is what happened the majority of the times. It's a bunch of horse hockey, the greatest part of baseball, and why you should be excited to circle back on this segment and call it back. You have to be excited because now we get to actually play. All the talk is done, the predictions, the signings, the offseason, the insanity, and now we actually get to see what happens when the games are played, and that's what makes me excited. David, you rock. Why don't you let them know exactly, you know, when are you launching? Uh, when, where can they find you? All the, all the things, my friend. All the, all the great Every things day. you have coming. Every day you can find me hosting Nothing Personal with David Sampson. It's a 45-minute podcast wherever you get your podcast. We also are on YouTube, Nothing Personal with David Sampson. And I spend 45 minutes breaking down stories in the world of sports and business and entertainment. I will talk about things that are happening, bring you behind the scenes, because I've been a part of it for so many years, try to translate for you what's happening in the world of sports on and off the field. And I have fun doing it. And I also get to spend Sunday mornings from time to time talking to you. So I am living the life. <laughs> God bless you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday fun day. Bye. <laughs> David Sampson joining us. A lot to digest. Yankee, Mets fans, what are your expectations for the season? 800-919-3776. We'll be right back. 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This preview of the Major League Baseball season. Uh, by the way, ESP New York, along with our partner London Jewelers, giving you the chance to be in Cleveland when the boys from the Bronx come to town, including round-trip airfare, two-night hotel stay, and 200 bucks in spending money. Head to London Jewelers near you to enter for your chance to win. You can also go to travelwiththehometeam.com or enter on the ESPN New York app. It's all brought to you by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Visit London Jewelers today at any of their seven locations, including the newest location at the Mall of Short Hills, for full contest rules, make sure you go to ESPNNewYork.com. Also, the New York Islanders 50th anniversary season continues with celebrations and giveaways all season long at the UBS Arena. ESPN New York wants to make you a part of this historic season. 
enter to win two free tickets to see the Islanders face off against the Tampa Bay Lightning at home on April 6th. Just download the ESPN New York app, scroll down to contest, submit your entry for full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. Be sure to visit NewYorkIslanders.com for team news, tickets, and more, and catch every Islanders game live on the Islanders stream, heard only on the ESPN New York app. So make sure you do all those things. Uh, Just to bring you up to speed on what's going on with the uh, Dell Technologies Match Play Championship, as I said, we had four final four remaining. Scotty Scheffler going up against Sam Burns. Uh, Sam Burns started hot. He was up 3-0 since then. Scotty has won two. So uh, they're heading into hole number seven. Sam Burns is up one now through six. As for Rory and Cam, uh, Cameron Young. Uh, Cam won hole three. Rory won hole five. So now they are all tied up through five. We'll keep you posted throughout. My plays again, Sam Burns upsetting Scotty Scheffler, Cam Young upsetting Rory, and Cam Young winning this whole damn thing. Those were my picks, my plays, heading in to this matchup. Later on this afternoon, we've got some great basketball coming your way at 220. Creighton going up against San Diego State, Miami going up against Texas. Earlier on the program this morning, Tobin Anderson, new head coach of Iona, was so kind enough to join me on the program. If you missed that, we're going to hear from him next as well. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Tobin Anderson, new head coach of Iona, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Coach, you got to get you got to get used to this song, my friend. You got to get this is your fight song right now. Congratulations. How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Doing great. Really appreciate you joining us. Uh, first things first, let's look back before we look forward. And what an unbelievable ride. I, I know you were so kind to join us here on 98.7 ESPN prior to the tournament. Who knew? Wow. To take down Purdue. And then, of course, unfortunately, uh, rough go at it against FAU. But now that the fact that they've advanced to the Final Four, um, it just shows you just how good that, that team is. But let us live vicariously through you. What was it like to upset a number one seed and, and what it was like for your players, Coach? Yeah, it was pretty incredible. We we actually played great in the, in the first four games against Texas Southern. We won by 20 and really played well. And that was a, that was a big boost for us. And so obviously playing Purdue, we're a huge underdog. And, you know, 
you're going against one of the best teams in the country. But our guys played terrific, and it was just incredible. But the game, we just kind of hung around the first half, and the whole crowd switched to be an FDU fans. We got a little bit of momentum, got a little confidence, and then, you know, we just played great down the stretch, which is pretty impressive because there's, you know, 20,000 people there on national television, and our guys were not rattled. We're not, um, you know, nothing, nothing bothered them. We just kept on playing it. And most of those games in the one in the 16, the one seed usually just pulls away at some point. And we just kept hanging around and, and um, long enough and finally made a run at the end. And, and it was a huge win for the school, for the, for the program, and, and our players. It was just an unbelievable experience. And, you know, and we actually played FAU really well the next game. We, actually, we had them down four or five in the second half and playing great. Right. We couldn't, you know, couldn't stretch it out. But we, we played really well in that game as well. So it was a great, great run for, our, for us, for our, for our guys, and really proud of them. And, you know, obviously everybody here cheering for for you and Fairleigh Dickinson and, 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 man, how amazing would it have been to come back and play at the Garden? Unfortunately, oh, yeah. that's I, – I know. Unfortunately, that's not the way that it unfolded, but nonetheless. So – um and and then now, new new beginning for you at Iona. So first and foremost, congratulations. Uh, you know, your please uh, tell us your, your thoughts on the program and, and what, what yeah. Iona fans out there can expect from you, Coach. Yep, it happened fast, and, and I own I, I a place I've always kept had my eye on them, and they've, we've talked a few times, you know, when the job's been open. So when it, this time it just all worked out, and, and I'm thrilled. I mean, I think Iona can be one of the best programs in the country. You know, I think we can do what, what Florida Lanes just did and, and have a chance to make a run to a, to a Sweet 16, to an Elite 8, to a Final Four. So the tradition there is incredible, from Jim Valvano to all the great coaches that come to the Willards, the Welshes, uh, Patino, the whole, the whole, whole, you know, there's a reason why Iona wins. And it's not just it's not just the coach, it's the program, it's the resources, it's the commitment to being a great basketball school. So our goal is to make this into even even a better place and to win at a higher level and take the team and the program to a place that hadn't been before. That's, that's hard to do because we've been in six the last seven NCAA tournaments. We've been a perennial power in the MAC and on the East Coast, but we're trying to to, to crank that up a few more notches and and be you know the best the best program on the East Coast and and, and be a a team that can get to a Final Four at some point. So we're excited. Uh, my staff excited. And we got we got back on Monday, and literally, I, I walked. And I was on the Today Show, and I came home, and I sat in the couch for five minutes, and this job happened. So I had no chance to really kind of take a deep breath. It's just been right right back into recruiting, into the transfer portal, into all that stuff. So we're uh, we're going full speed ahead here. You know, it's, it's interesting, Coach. You, you mentioned the transfer portal. This is the first time ever in the history of this tournament that a number one has not advanced uh to uh to um an elite eight which is amazing and the the number of of coaches that i've had on the program a lot of them um say a big reason is because of the transfer portal right and so you know how much i I don't know if if easier is the right word to use here but um i I guess maybe how 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 much quicker uh do you feel that you can improve this roster with iona because of the transfer portal where maybe like next year now, you know, you, you really you can have a roster and a team that you feel would be really legit to compete. Yep, you can re- rebuild a lot quicker, no doubt about mm-hmm. it. There's definitely a, a, a difference in the fact that you can go out and get, you know, juniors, sophomores and juniors, guys with experience, guys who can come in. You know, most of the time in the past, they had to sit out for a year. So you bring them in and sit out for a year. It, take, it would take you two or three years to get the whole thing going. So we feel, I think most schools like us in, in transition or schools to lose some guys can – you know, build a whole new roster. We did last year at FDU. We had to do the same thing there. And so we're going to do the same thing at Iona, just on a little bit of a higher level, bigger scale. 
but um, yeah, there's you have a little more confidence, a little more a little more belief that you can you know turn this thing in, in the right direction very quickly, no matter what happens. So there's a lot of players out there. You just got to make sure you get the right guys. You, you know, you know, I think Florida Atlantic's a great testament. They 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 didn't take a ton of transfers. The ones they got are perfect, and they just play hard. They're tough kids, and they compete at a high level. So we're gonna do the same thing. You know, get guys that compete, that play hard, that are tough, and if they're freshmen, that's great. If they're transfers, that's great too. It's just a matter of finding the right guys. Coach, uh, before we let you go, let's let's take a look at what's going on in the tournament. FAU they defeat Kansas State seventy nine to seventy six. Um, you know, Conference USA, big shout out. Uh, they were dominant at yep. the boards, forty four to twenty two. Uh, interesting though, they're leaving Conference USA. They're going to the American Athletic Conference next season, which I think is going to yep. be interesting. But now they advance and they take on UConn. Uh, Dan Hurley, that team, we know they're eight and one in the final four. This is going to be a great matchup. Um, who, who do you like coming out of this? Who do you think has the edge here? Well, I think that I, U, UConn is playing so well right now. UConn is so big and athletic. I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be hard for anybody to beat UConn. But Florida Atlantic is, is very, um, you know, you can't under, underestimate them. I mean, they got good players. They're tough kids. They, they're very together. They're very well coached. So, I think this thing's wide open. I mean, I think UConn's probably the, the, the favorite just because of their, their size, their speed, their athleticism. Um, but, you know, it's been a crazy tournament so far. Obviously, we're, we're part of that craziness. So anything can happen. But uh, it'll be fun to watch today's games. I, mean, I think San Diego State's a really good team, too. They're a tough, hard-nosed physical team as well. So it's going to be a, a great a great final, a different kind of Final Four, but a great Final Four. And um, that's why this, this tournament's the best thing in the world because it's just so unpredictable. And you know, teams can make runs and play, play right, you know, get hot at the right times and, and do magical things. So it's, uh, it's fun to watch. Creighton going up against San Diego State, as you said, um, you yep. know, San Diego State, what they bring to the table obviously is 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 age, right? More senior leadership. Yep. Um, yep. How much how much Creighton to me, I feel like they check all the boxes, right? Uh, they've got size, yep. athleticism, yep. length. Uh, they check all the boxes. I think they're the better team, especially when you look at defensive and offensive efficiency. But how, how yep. much how much do you weigh in regard to that senior leadership and the defense that San Diego State's going to bring to the table today? Yeah, I mean, I think that helps a lot for San Diego to have the experience. But it's just, it's just one game. And Creighton is so talented. There's like you said, they're so long. They got, they got great size across the board. They're really skilled. So you know, they're, they're the, they're the better. Like you mentioned, they're the better offensive team. They're the better skilled team. If it becomes a street fight, San Diego State might, might win that one. But it'll, it'll be very a contrast in styles a little bit. A great offensive team versus a great defensive team. So it should be, a, should be fun to watch. And it could go, I mean, it could go either way. As for University of Miami, they're taking on Texas. Uh, a lot of people feel that in order to win this thing, you need a great uh, you need a great backcourt, right? Uh, and sure enough, yep. it's what they have. Whether it's Nigel Pack, Wong, um, O'Meara definitely has showed up. But again, this Texas team—they're uh, just so good. Ninth in defensive efficiency. Uh, they've got five players that, at the end of the game, they all put up double digits. Uh, who who do yep. you think advances here at a University of Miami in Texas today, Coach? That's going to be a great game, too. Like two heavyweights just going at it, too. They're both playing really well at the right time. So, like, Miami's really come on strong and playing great. I love, like you said, I love the – we have a great backcourt at FDU, and I think backcourts and guards win games. So, I, I love the Miami backcourt. And they're playing with so much confidence right now. So, it's the same. That's going to be – that's a, that's like a final four game right there. So, I think that could be an, an incredible game. So, I think Miami wins that one just because they're backcourt, but it's going to be a, a, a dogfight. Coach, so appreciate your time on this Sunday morning. Thank you so much. And again, congratulations. Wishing nothing but 
ultimate success for you at Iona. Thanks, Bonnie. And I appreciate that. We'll talk to you again next year. Hopefully we're, we're making a run. We're, we're on, the, on the phone again. Yeah, your, your mouth to uh, the NCAA God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> Take, Take care. care. All right, Coach, Coach Tobin Anderson joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Good stuff, good stuff. All right, um, we'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. More to come. Nita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Uh, this Hoops update brought to you by New Jack Daniels and Coca-Cola. Jack Daniels and Coca-Cola is here, born for what's next, born for a bolder taste. Jack Daniels and Coca-Cola, born for this. Make sure you enjoy responsibly, please. Um, so, uh, again, we had Coach Anderson on, and uh, I- I'm loving this afternoon's games. Not sure about you guys. Uh, I've got, uh, as soon as the show's over, I'm heading to the dog park. Letting the dogs get a little uh, little exercise in. I booked myself a nice uh, mid-afternoon Sunday massage. And then uh, and then I'm coming back to watch these games. Tip off 220. Creighton going up against San Diego State. I like Creighton here. I'll lay the points, whether it's two and a half, uh, one and a half, two, two and a half. I think, that, you know, I, I'd lay it up to three. I just think they're the all-around all better team. Alabama only uh, shot made, I should say, made three three-pointers uh, the other night against San Diego State. I don't think that's going to be the case here for Creighton. As great as San Diego State's defense is, uh, I think Creighton does advance. I picked them to come out of this region uh, before the tournament began, so hopefully that will continue. And University of Miami going up against Texas. I'll lay the points with Texas as well. Interesting. I was on the dogs last night. Uh, I'm on the favorites today. Uh, As much as I love this Canes team and I'm from the 305, I'll be rooting for them, but my money will be on Texas. I just think that they're the better team, ninth in defense efficiency, and all five of their starters pretty much end up in the stat line with double digits. They're just so good, top to bottom. And also, they came into this tournament really hot. So I'll lay the points with uh, with Texas. I also like the under here at 150. So those are my plays heading into this matchup. Let's get you up to speed on what's going on with the uh, Dell Technology uh, match play. Um Sam Burns started hot, winning the first three holes. But since then, uh, Scotty Scheffler has tied this whole thing up. So right now, Scheffler and Burns all tied up through eight. Uh, Cam and Rory are going back and forth. Right now, Rory is up by one through seven. I have Burns winning this matchup. I have Cam Young winning this matchup. And I have Cam Young winning this whole thing. So uh, this is going to be tight. Uh, Love the way that it began but now getting a little too close for comfort for me. That's for sure. In regard to the XFL, uh, 2-0 so far in week six. Had the Guardians getting the points. Sure enough, they covered 26-19. The Sea Dragons um, uh, finished that game. And I like the Battlehawks minus three. And so they covered. Uh, They won against the Vipers 
last night, 29 to 6. So now we've got two more games remaining in week six. Today at 3 o'clock, uh, you've got the Brahmas going up against the Renegades. And I do like the under here, under at 33. Both these teams, their offense struggles immensely. They're both probably two of the worst offenses in the XFL. Um, but both very solid defense. These two teams faced each other last week and combined only put up 22 points. So I'm going to roll with the under yet again this week, and that's under 33. And then on Monday, you've got the Roughnecks going up against the D.C. Defenders, and that's at 7 o'clock, so you've got a Monday night game. And so uh, I do like the D.C. Defenders here. I'll lay the 2.5. To me, they are the best team. The Roughnecks lost last week, believe it or not. Um, so they're four and one. The defenders are five and one. Their home field advantage is just is just ridiculous. Uh, they're getting anywhere between thirty to thirty five fans out there to watch them play in DC, and um, their defense is great. They're probably the most balanced team in uh, in the XFL, and they're rolling with with two different style quarterbacks. So defenses are having a, a tough time figuring out how to defend them. And on top of that, Greg Williams, former defensive coordinator in the NFL, if you recall, uh, he got suspended when he was with the Saints. Um, but uh, really excellent defensive coordinator, and he's with the D.C. defenders as well. So I like the defenders. I'll lay the two and a half with D.C. So that's how I'm playing the XFL. Try to think what else is going on. You know, this week, uh, by the way, again, we've got Tom and, uh, and Joe who are producing the show. Joe, really quick, uh, because I know we've got about four minutes before we hand the baton off to Larry, on uh, your thoughts on, on your new head coach. You went to Iona, Tobin Anderson. you got to feel good uh, about what he can do for your program, right? I feel really good. He's going to have the backing of the university. Uh, I, I, I really hope he hits the transfer portal hard. I, I know he mentioned that in the interview that you did with him. That's, I think, his best case scenario because some of the recruits that have already committed to Iona decommitted because of Patino left. So if if Tobin Anderson can hit the transfer portal right, I think this program not only stays where it's at right now and, and is the favorite to win the MAC next year, but potentially goes further in the NCAA tournament next year. Yeah, I, I really like Tobin Anderson a lot, um, you know, of course, Rick Pitino moved on. I know you were worried about that, but bringing in Tobin Anderson and see how quickly he was able to turn around Fairleigh Dickinson and what they were able to do to knock off Purdue, the number one, um, took FAU uh, to really um, to the limit. Listen, FDU was in the game against FAU, and now FAU is advancing to the Final Four. It just goes to show you how good FAU is and how FDU really uh, took them to the, to, to the, to the uh, really was up for the challenge against FAU. So that's got to make you feel really, really good, I'm sure. So um, this week, obviously, uh, we're still on Rogers' watch. We talked extensively about Rogers. Will it happen this week? Who knows? Who knows what's happening behind the scenes? Nobody really knows. You know, what's being reported is that the Green Bay Packers want the Jets' number one overall pick at 13. The Jets don't want to give it up. I don't blame them. They need offensive line help. You know, they traded Elijah Moore. They got a number, another two. Are they going to try to wheel and deal and get, get another pick into the first round? That's a possibility. How does this all play out? So another week of Rodgers watch for Jets fans. I know it's creating a lot of agita. I understand it totally. 
Um, this week, obviously, it's all going to be about Major League Baseball. Opening day is Thursday, which is really, really exciting. So that's great. Um, and, uh, and don't forget, we are just uh, two weeks away from the Masters. And really excited uh, to announce, I, I mentioned this yesterday, I'll mention it again today, uh, on the tee with Anita Marks, our golf show is back in action this week, and we kick off the first Sunday in April, April 2nd, leading into the Masters. So really excited to get you ready for that Masters play. Uh, Rory right now competing in this match play. His game has been on point. Uh, it's it's re- probably one of the biggest storylines heading into the Masters uh, in two weeks is uh, for him to complete that Grand Slam and winning all four majors he needs to win the Masters, and his game is on point right now. So I'm sure a lot of money is going to be flowing towards Rory. Tiger Woods, will he make the cut? I believe he will. Does he win it? No. I don't think he has it left in the bag to win, unfortunately, but I do believe that he will make the cut. So there's that, and the way that Rom and, uh, and Scotty Scheffler have been playing is just absolutely fantastic. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be favoring them to win the Masters as well. So that's just a few weeks off, but obviously a lot of talk. And, um, and we're getting closer, of course, to the NBA postseason as the Knicks are back in action tomorrow against Houston. That line is not out. I've been looking for it. I, I believe it'll be pretty hefty. I'm not an odds maker. It's above my pay grade. But I would imagine that it would come in somewhere around uh, seven, seven and a half. I would imagine. Uh, so I do believe the, uh, the Knicks get back into the win column on Monday. Two really important games for the Knicks this week. Uh, Wednesday at home against Miami, and then Friday in Cleveland. So uh, we'll be all over it right here on 98.7 ESPN. Tom and Joe, appreciate you guys producing the show. Thank you uh, to you both. Uh, Don't go anywhere. Larry Hardesty follows me next right here on 98.7 ESPN.